and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Forest and Features. I'm your host, Thomas Moore. Uh, today, unfortunately, we don't have our amazing co-host Kevin Sievert with us. He's in Madison, killing it as a professional theater uh, performer. What, uh, what, what is the show that he's doing? I forget what it's called. Who's your bag daddy? Or how I start? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it's it's that's why I, I just forget because I feel like I'm gonna say it wrong no matter what it is. Who's your bag daddy? Which um is one of the more interesting titles of a show that I've ever heard in my I life. I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about it either. Um it sounds good. I saw his TikToks, they he sounds phenomenal, so that's gonna be really cool, I think. Um so unfortunately you just have me today. However, we do have the cast with us of Murder in the Green Meadows. Say hi, everybody. Hello. Hello. Today, uh, we have the cast of Murder in the Green Meadows. Uh, allow me to take the mic around and uh, allow them to introduce themselves. Hi, this is Philip Jindra, and I'm directing the show. Hello, I'm Tessa Jindra, and I am playing Carolyn Simons. Hi, my name is Brandon Carroll, and I am playing Jeff Simons. Hello, I'm Shannon Page. I'm playing Joan Devereaux. Thank you all for joining me today so we can kind of talk about the show a little bit. Uh, first off, I kind of just want to introduce the show a little bit for anyone who isn't familiar or uh, doesn't go on the website at the Forest and Features, including myself, because I don't as often as I probably should. Um, but I just want to give a brief introduction. Thomas... Not me, actually. The character's name is Thomas. That's going to throw everyone else. Oh, yes. Thomas Devereaux, a successful architect and local contractor, and his beautiful wife, Joan, have moved into their dream house in this quiet suburban town of Green Meadows when they're visited by their new neighbors. What follows is a diabolical plot that continues to thicken through the final showdown between a murderer and an aggravated widow. I spent a little time yesterday when I was setting up uh, this podcast, reading the plot and etc. And one of the first things I thought was that this is a very different show than a lot of what the Forest Inn has done in the past. Um, it's very typical for a production company to have at least one murder mystery on their uh, list for the year. And a lot of the time that's because they're so popular. Um, and I was thinking to myself, okay, reading through this plot and the heaviness of it, I'm like, why would someone want to come see something like this and et cetera, you know? Um, does anyone want to speak about why that's interesting? So Murder in Green Meadows is not your typical murder mystery. Um, it's not like an Agatha Christie whodunit. Uh, it's a psychological thriller. So we're seeing the plot unfold as it's happening. And there's so many twists and turns. It keeps you guessing. It keeps you on the edge of your seat. You never know what quite is going to happen. And uh, there's some great moments in the show where you think you know what's going on. And then it completely pulls the rug out from underneath you and you're like oh wow what's gonna happen next and it's, it's kind of like that through, throughout the whole show there's all of these twists and turns and red herrings and um and it's just a really it's a really nice plot um there's a lot of good character work in it and uh interesting relationships between the characters and it kind of takes place in this typical suburban uh setting but uh the events are just uh a little diabolical yeah <laughs> <laughs> i would like to discuss that just a little bit more because that's one of the things that you know was my takeaway as i read the plot i think it's so interesting i don't know about you guys but um there was a time i would say two years ago i was listening to at least three different podcasts on true crime all the time and it was such a fascinating thing to me um and i, I never really understood why it was so appealing to me 
it's kind of like I just wanted to know the truth of like a story and etc. What is it about true crime and murder mysteries, especially this one? Because from what you're saying, you know, it's different from maybe an Agatha Christie where there's a sense of comedy in the old classic. Who's the guy who killed him? You know, this one's much more of a real kind of story in, in, in that um, in a drama sense, in a thriller sense. What is it about it that you think people find so appealing? So I like true crime and murder mystery, but I don't really watch it a lot. But I'm always I think one of the things that people find interesting and fascinating about it is the sense of like, how can someone do that? Like for me, it's like trying to figure out their mental states and like trying to understand where they're coming from and whatever pushes them to that state. And you never know because you, you, our brains work in so many different ways that we never really figure it out. And I think that's what always pulls us back in is that there's always something different about how someone goes about a murder or how they deal with certain situations. So for me, the show definitely has that sense to it but it's definitely very different we actually like phil said we see everything unfold in front of you like you know who the murderer is as you watch the show it's not a mystery but there's parts of it that are so intense in the sense that normal murder mysteries are that make you like really think like where is that mindset coming from in the show um but yeah there's so many twists and turns in the show that it's very exciting, in my opinion. I really like the show. <laughs> I am obsessed with true crime. <laughs> I, If you'd see my recommended shows, you'd be maybe concerned. I'm obsessed with it. Um, yeah, I think it's just the idea of if it hasn't like happened to you or if you haven't experienced it, it, it you just almost... It's kind of like when people go to the movies to escape reality. It's like if you haven't had that, that's kind of like your escape in a weird weird way i yeah i just love it that's my favorite genre of tv yeah just to kind of add on to what everyone's been saying here um when you think of something like this it's you know it's a morbid curiosity right like you, you think about it like you know you have an everyday family a couple uh they're going through life and then just something one day snaps and someone's up, ends up dead or you know kidnapped or something like that right and it's just you know how do you get to that point what happens in the brain where someone just you know that that switch flips and it, they're not that same person anymore they're they're someone who's done something that they can't take back um it's it's a really interesting you know topic to dive into and to really dissect um and especially you know reading the script and kind of getting to see the characters develop and how everything kind of turns out you really see like the night and day when the two couples are interacting and then when one couple leaves and it's just a completely 180 as to you know what you were seeing before to what relationship you know, the other couple has, um, you know, behind closed doors. So uh, it just, yeah, it's, I am not as into true crime as, you know, a lot of other people, but I do find it interesting. And I have watched uh, true crime and things like that before. Um, it's always kind of piqued my interest. Uh, it's just, yeah, one of those things where you just, you never know who that next person might be to 
to turn. So this show in particular, I think with true crime, we always it's documentary style, right? So we don't actually know what happens behind the closed doors. Where in this show, we actually see what happens behind closed doors. So you actually get a peek into kind of that state of what we don't see in true crime, which I think is really cool about this show because you don't really see a lot of that when you watch documentaries like that. And this show definitely gives you a, an insight into that. I would agree with all of you. I think what it is is, I mean, when I was in school and I was learning about psychology, we all have different kind of personality traits. Uh, I always consider myself a how person. Like, how is something the reason that it ends up being? You know, um, there's what people, whys and kind of people, you know what I mean, that don't necessarily think of that extra layer or whatever. You know, my brain is always thinking, like, well, how could something like this be? And I think true crime really gives me that kind of fill. You know what I mean? It It allows me to have that perception as to, you know, how do things go the way that they do? You know what I mean? When I watch a documentary, you know, you already kind of know the story. But what engages you is like, okay, how did we get from step one to step six? You know what I mean? That's the meat of uh, in the potatoes, I guess. <laughs> so I, I totally get that. That's that's a really good point. And you make a great point too, Tessa, that I think that's something I'm looking forward to when I come see the show is – a lot of the time it's set up in a documentary style true crime where they kind of just tell you the story and you try to kind of figure out the how yourself. This seems like you're going to get a good complexity as to like the building of it and the arc of the characters and the adjustments as things go on and events go on. And like, how do they go forward past that? Something I was thinking to myself is like when I think of those things, I'm, did the end justify the means? Right. You know, like there's times I listen to him and I'm like, yep, no, nope, should have killed her. Should it should have killed her. You know what I like? You, you should have done it. I get it. You know what I mean? And then there's times where you're just like, I don't understand yeah. your logic. So like, um, I think it'll be fun to come see the show and see how it ends. Am I going to who am I going to side with? Who am I going to feel like was the right person in this situation? Oh, I think it'll be very yeah. obvious who you should side with. Oh, OK. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, but I mean, if you don't, I would love to know what your reasoning is for it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, um, so Phil, this show is one that I have heard you have conversations about on and off for a while, uh, with different people at different times. What is it about this show that's special to you that you were so adamant about the forest doing and wanting to direct it? So I was introduced to Murder in Green Meadows back in probably 2014, um, as part of the, uh, curriculum at Lawrence University for play script analysis. Um, and for good reason, the, the play just demonstrates so many good theater traits, right? It's got foreshadowing. It's got subtext. It's got great character development. It's got status play. It just, you know, plays with all of the different uh, pieces that you want to see in a good show. Um, and the, it's written really well. Um, like, it, it clips are long pretty quickly. It's not too, it's not a long, particularly long show. It's probably going to run about an hour 45, um, plus intermission. And, uh, you know, all that aside, you know, it's just a great story. I love, uh, uh, like, like I've said before, all the twists and turns and, you know, like when I first read it, I, I was, I was excited to, it's to turn the pages right to to see what was going to happen next and um so i wanted to bring that to the forest uh and it's a nice it's a cute little four person show one box set it's a single location so it works well on the forest in stage where it's kind of an intimate venue um and 
back in 2020, we performed it here as a staged reading. So uh, Tessa was in it at that point, uh, as well as your uh, mysteriously disappeared co-host, Kevin Sievert. Um, and uh, you know where he is. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I mean, I told everybody where he is. <laughs> <laughs> so uh tessa and kevin uh ariel ducat and um max uh alexander were in it when we did the stage reading here in 2020 which was was that, what a time to be alive um <laughs> <laughs> but uh but we did it for a little audience of 20 one night only and we uh you know put put our heart and soul into it and it worked so well on the stage and uh, i believe michael even watched it <laughs> and and he he really enjoyed it too and we got a lot of positive feedback <laughs> and so we were like we need to do this here in the future and uh we i uh, got it on the play reading list and uh now we're doing it not that i'm aware of in the seasons i don't think that, yeah it would technically be the first one what I like about it is that it's it's not your typical one, so that's kind of cool. You know what I mean? I was just going to say before that uh, the ultimate um, compliment Michael can give you is if he sits down and watches it. So. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> so um, something else, I, just to change subjects a little bit here. Something that I, when I saw the cast, I was um, excited. Um, and the reason for that is I love seeing shows with cast members who I've seen in other things doing something that they don't normally do because I love being able to see people I respect as artists doing, uh, broadening, 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 broadening their horizons, <laughs> uh, broadening their horizons. Oh, still messing up. Expanding. Uh, thanks, Phil. <laughs> Expanding their horizons, um, in regards to just the types of shows that they do, um, and etc. cetera. Uh, I was just curious as to why, you guys picked this show uh, to audition for, and what made you feel like it's one that you wanted to do? So um, when Phil was in college, I'd visited him, and he was gone for something, and I was sitting in his dorm, and he had a bunch of play scripts sitting around, and Murdering Green Meadows was one of the ones that I actually read. And like you said, I was super, super into it. It was such a good read. So it's always been in the back of my mind. And then I actually did a monologue that Carolyn does in the show for an audition. I think it was Into the Woods that I did it for. Um, so I already... I've always had Murdering Green Meadows in my head. And then we did it, you know, in 2020, and ugh, it's so good. So when... It was brought up into the season. I was very excited for it. I, I usually do musicals. I usually get cast as a, like a comedic relief role. Um, I did do Anatomy of Grey last year, which is more on the comedy side of a straight play. But that was the first straight play I did in like 10 plus years since high school. So I've always been a little timid to do full scale shows that are plays because of the memorizing and the lines. And I always like appreciate and really respect people who do shows where they have a ton of lines, which in this show, Thomas has a ton of lines and, you know, Joan, everybody has a lot to learn, but it's been a really good experience. And it's a type of show that as much as it is a more serious show, there is a lot of humor and lightheartedness to it as much as it is dark and I love dark shows like that's kind of my bread and butter is like a dark mysterious kind of picks your brain type of show um so I was very excited to be 
be able to audition for this show as a full show and a season show yeah um this is actually my my first show out here at the inn um so this is this has been a <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> um so i actually i didn't end up auditioning for the show yes i know i'm sorry um phil had reached out to me um asking if i wanted to be a part of it and you know i was i had just gotten off of city of angels and i was like kind of you know teetering on whether or not i wanted to take a break or not because i'm a little i don't know if you want to call it stage shy a little bit i don't know what it is but i just kind of have this anxiety about getting back on stage and auditioning and all that stuff but phil reached out um and shannon was gracious enough to take pictures of the entire script for me so oh, i could no, read I it that. That that was phil. oh phil did it okay well thank you I phil just she just she word. sent it so either way it was a group effort <laughs> a group effort here um but yeah i was sent the the script and i read it over and i, I something caught me and I was like, this sounds like a really good experience to just kind of step out of my my comfort zone, do something different. Um, and, you know, after that, we I accepted and we did the read through and I'm like, this is going to be pretty fun. We have a, <laughs> <laughs> we, we got a we got a great cast. Um, we've all we've all worked together aside from Christian, which he's been a he's been a great, great time. He's he's coming along really well and he's stepping into the role really well and great to work with so it's just been a really fun process and i'm i'm excited to start the show so i am a true crime mystery fanatic so that already caught my attention i saw the stage reading and i definitely thought i knew it was going to happen and i didn't several times i was always wrong and i wasn't initially going to audition because i'm not normally a straight play actor which usually intimidates me to audition for things like this uh but tessa convinced me too glad i did thanks you tessa and i also am a sucker for really small casts so i was very excited about that on a side note it's just more intimate with less people uh so the drama is kind of new to me so i've learned a lot of things taken advice from people like thomas and Carrie and Liz, who's actually here now as well. So yeah, it's been fun. It's, and I thank Phil for the opportunity. Um, so the next question I had for you that I think is interesting, um, shows like this can feel very real. And the reason for that is I think when you do a comedy, the lightheartedness of a comedy kind of brings you back to that space where you're like, I am a character. I am having fun on stage. What's interesting for me and actually what draws me to doing, because I, I tend to do straight dramas. That's like that's my favorite thing to do. Um, I think what I like about them so much is that I get to feel that really intense emotion in a space where I'm safe. So I guess the question I had was, how do you approach content in a show like this where it's very easy to feel like you're feeling those emotions that we don't necessarily enjoy? You know what I mean? Fear, anger. You know, sometimes it's easy to blur the lines as actors. And at the same time, we are still human. You know, um, I've worked with a lot of people who really feel those emotions off stage afterwards. How do you approach being able to kind of turn it off? <laughs> so <laughs> one of the, I'll, I'll explain it. So one of the things that Phil has really um, 
done for this show is intimacy work because there's a lot of intimacy whether that be um, romantic or aggressive physical that kind of intimacy so phil's created a very safe space for us and one of the things that shannon joked about that we now do is we do kind of like like you know when you're in a sports game and you like the coach gives you things to say or he gives you a bunch of stuff and you're like okay put them in right okay we do that but we do it as in like a murder in green meadows and then when we're done (laughs) yeah it's it's really cheeky it is so cheeky but it's I don't mind it. I think it's cute. Um, so essentially what it's supposed to do is supposed to bring us into the space so that we're in the show. And then once we're finished with the show, we do it in reverse. So that way we're coming out of it so that we're leaving the space, not as our characters. Meadows green in murder? In Meadows, reverse? Yep. That's, and literally in reverse. And we do the whole hand thing in reverse too. You know, every show's got their cheeky thing and that's our cheeky thing. <laughs> so that's what Brandon was joking about. Uh, but for your actual question, which I hope I remember it, I'm probably the worst person to ask because I love feeling those intense emotions. I, it's going to sound so weird. I love to cry on stage. I love to be angry on stage because like you said, it's a very safe space to feel those emotions. And for me, part of it is also being able to maybe something in my life makes me feel that way. And I'm able to pull from that into the situation so for me, it's not hard to differentiate being my character and being myself. And sometimes it is hard to come out of it, but it's more of a, I just need like 10 minutes to cool down if it gets to that point. Um, so again, with this being my first show out here, being, you know, a straight play, uh, my first time doing one like this, it's kind of a different experience for me because it, as we talked about before, uh, being in musicals, it was more of like a you know, comedic relief sort of, you know, role, you know, where it's all yuck yucks and whatnot. And But no, being able to kind of dive into this, you know, this other part of you that you didn't really know that you could bring out until, you know, you were in the situation to do it, um, you know, leaning into that, that anger, that sadness, that confusion and you know everything else that comes with it it's not something that i have found myself taking home with me after the fact so far um i feel like as we get kind of more into it with you know more props and costumes and everything um i kind of want to envelop that a little bit more and bring more to it just to make you know the show better you know feeding off of each other those emotions and everything just you know bringing everything together um so for being the one at the table with the least amount of experience it's it's new but it's exciting it's it's a good good um experience to you know have and to to do with a group of people that you're comfortable with and can you know be in that safe space with so well the emotions on stage is pretty new to me i don't hate it i'm just not super comfortable with it yet so i'm working with it one thing that the advice that i got going into this was just to because I sit there a lot on stage and like just stare into space like the best advice I got was just to listen to what the person is saying to which sounds so simple but that was the advice I got so I'm trying to really channel that still learning lines so it's not always there but I like to 
I don't really do anything before, which maybe over tech week will change. But after I like to, which I know everyone jokes I always live here, but I like everyone to leave. And I just kind of sit here and kind of like sit in the theater and like have my like moment. Like I kind of meditate a little bit and I'll go over lines and stuff. That kind of lets me like leave it all here. And then I go in the car and listen to my <laughs> to my podcast or to my audiobooks, which are all like thriller, murder, mystery psychological thrillers i'm a huge audiobook person so that kind of changes my brain into a different story as well so that's kind of what i do right now so uh i have one last question and then uh i think we'll close it up here um just kind of shift it to something a little bit lighter what's something that you learned about yourself through this experience uh that's been enjoyable as an artist uh for me uh i think one of the biggest things that i wanted to do in this production um, was that intimacy direction. Um, it's actually become a whole brand new field in theater in the last, uh, you know, eight years or so. Um, and, uh, you know, we've all had that experience in high school where you have to do your stage kiss and the teacher's like, well, now you kiss, just go for it. And, you know, or someone does the tongue when you're not supposed to do the tongue on stage no surprise you're not supposed to you uh, know <laughs> you know and there, there no this wasn't me this wasn't me this Dylan, you had a tongue on stage i have not had a tongue on stage oh, that's good <laughs> That's good. But I've heard other people who have had un- unfortunate experiences, <laughs> uh, you know, and and so there's there's a whole there's a whole field, you know, of you know consent forward artists who you know focus on you know communication and safe spaces and setting boundaries and um, you know making sure that uh, you know power structures are not you know the the power dynamic isn't forcing you as an actor into a situation that you feel you have to do right you know i as a director could be like and now i want you to kiss and if someone's not comfortable with that they might feel like well i have to because otherwise i'll get kicked out of the show or i won't get the role and so i've tried to be very open about that and um and i've really you know taken a a really strong interest to that whole like field of of the part of theater so um I guess, you know, it's something that I never realized I was so passionate about until working on this show. All right. So I was just about to close the podcast. However, we did have Christian Love just walk in real quick to the end of the podcast, which is fine. Uh, He is playing Thomas uh, Devereaux in the show. So I just want to give him an opportunity to say hello real quick to the mic in the podcast world. Um, And then I just want you to answer a real quick question, if that's all right, man. What's something is a good, like, one takeaway from this that, you know, you could take away from this production? And then introduce yourself and all that, Chaz. Uh, my name is Christian. Um, got quite an extensive background in theater. I was a theater major in college and um, did tons of shows and stuff. Fresh out of college and has married life and family life has kind of taken over. It's kind of tapered off. Um, uh, but then I, when I read the script for this, uh, especially specifically the character of Thomas, I was really intrigued by the challenge that presented for that type of character. Um, so I jumped at it, uh, never having really played a character like this before. Typically, I get cast in comedic roles or character roles where, you know, I'm, I'm some kind of, you know, funky, weird 
character or something. Um, so the thing I've learned about myself uh, is that at least so far, we'll see <laughs> how it turns out. Uh, it feels like I've been able to channel that anger and, and rage because he's it's it's not over the top. It's like bubbling below the surface. And that's a really big challenge for having trying to find those moments where you let it come up and then really let it let it out um so i wasn't really sure i I thought i could pull it off um but i I really still wasn't sure until we got on stage and started doing it whether it would be believable um for me to be able to portray that kind of character accurately um just because i mean i'm not only am i so far removed from that in real life obviously like even i'm just not an angry person i'm pretty happy go lucky easygoing uh, type of person. So being able to make those moments between me and Joan um, believable and play real on stage, I was kind of worried my, for myself, not with my castmates, uh, but me trying to make that as believable uh, as possible. So I, I think I'm getting it. Um, I know we got a few more rehearsals, and so hopefully it'll get even better. Um, but yeah, basically it. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you again for joining us for that. Um, so I just want to kind of close out by giving you some more additional information about the show, when it is, when you can see it, when it starts, and then some special talkback conversations I heard is happening for this show. So just to give you a brief um, perspective of where the show is, um, there will be three weeks of the show performing all in August. Okay, uh, The first performance is on August 4th, and that's a Friday. Uh, the second performance being August 5th. And then the following week, the 11th, 12th, and 13th, the 18th, 19th, and 20th, and then the 25th, the 26th, and 27th, all in August, okay? There's three different times, three different uh, nights that they perform, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, with different times, uh, just to appeal to different you know audience members. Uh, Friday night is the traditional 7.30 show with the pub opening up at 6 o'clock. Um, and pre-show music running from 6.15 to 7.15. The Saturday Twilight performances, the pub opens at 2.30, with pre-show music going from 2.45 to 3.45, with the show starting at 4. And then we have Sunday matinees, with the pub opening up at 12.30. These are my favorite shows. Uh, from 12.30, uh, with pre-show music from 12.45 to 1.45, and the show starting at 2. And the reason I say that is I'm an old man and love to be in bed by 8 o'clock. Um, so something special about this show is that they are having a couple talkbacks, okay? On August 5th, August 19th, and August 26th, those are all the Saturdays, they're going to be having a talkback uh, after the show where the audience can kind of talk with the cast about their process and how they feel about the show. They're also doing it on the 13th, which is a Sunday. So one Sunday they're doing a talkback, otherwise the other three, the 5th, 19th, and 26th, are all on the Saturday. Uh, where can you get tickets? Well, you can get tickets at theforestin.org. Uh, that's by far the easiest way to do that. Um, and go buy tickets for this show. Uh, thank you guys for joining me for this podcast. I learned a lot about the show um, and all of you. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be a really good time. So I'm really excited to see it. So thank you all again uh, for tuning into the podcast. And, uh, you know, enjoy your lives, I guess. Music